any kind of royalty, howsoever modified, any kind of aristocracy, howsoever pruned, is rightly an insult. But if you're born and brought up under that sort of arrangement, you probably never find it out for yourself. And don't believe it when someone else tells you. Welcome to South London Hardcore. I'm Jack McEnroy. I'm with Steve Walsh. Hello. This week we're talking about the Queen's Diamond Jubilee. It's pouring down with rain. There's a thousand boats going down the River Thames, and we're sitting in Steve's flat, recording, watching it on the television. Penge is about as close as I want to get to. Uh, just it's just cakes, isn't it? Cakes and boats is all you keep showing us on the telly. Yeah, the TV is on, on mute, so there is a good chance that at some point we'll get distracted uh, by it. At the moment, there's a BBC presenter standing next to someone who's showing uh, the salad she's made especially <laughs> to celebrate 60 years of the Queen's reign. It's remarkable because uh, there's a real agenda from the TV presenters. Uh, it's a bit like uh, Sky Sports football coverage where they try and insist that every game is oh, wonderful. It's the insistence, isn't it? Yeah. This, no, no, this is oh, the best finally balanced. And this finally is balanced. why this is the best league in the world. Yeah. And the insistence here is, uh, you know, this is what a, what a day in history this mm. is. Uh, people remember this forever, and this is going to live. And it's just, um, as far as I can tell, a poor little run of boats down the river, surrounded by um, lots of flags, and people who have made a, a buffet. Yeah, I, I, I kind of when I thought, oh, when. Uh, the head teacher in the school I work in said, are you going to watch the flotilla? To which I said, what a flotilla. <laughs> and, you know, when she said there'd be a thousand boats going down the river, I thought, oh yeah, I could watch that, couldn't I, for the show. But it's just... The thing is, a thousand boats is a large number, and it sounds impressive. But if they're going down past you ten at a time, and it's not even ten at a time, sometimes, sometimes there's like two uh, barges just floating past... And, like, you know, they keep cutting back to Prince Philip and the Queen waving and pointing and smiling. Like, oh, look at that little, little one there. And they can't, you know, they can't. Mm. This is where they earn the money they've taken for the last 60 years, isn't it? Days like this. Yeah. Where. Standing you know, in the cold, forcing a smile. Yeah. For hours as well. Because they're both, neither of them are uh, spring chickens. It's probably some sort of slate, some sort of really, to put two pensioners out there in the rain <laughs> and force them to look at boats. And also, here's the other thing you've got to enjoy it. What? You c- no, you can't respond normally at any point. You've got to act like it's brilliant. Yes, yeah, um, I don't know, vaguely uh, shambolic. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Queen is not just the Queen of South London. <laughs> not even. Oh, not not even. even. <laughs> we put that river there for a reason, didn't we? You know, she's the Queen of... Uh, our hearts. Yeah. <laughs> it's queen of Jamaica. That's one of her titles. One of them, know? yeah, yeah. Throughout South London, you know, or and everywhere, but you know, this is why we kind of tied it into the show. People will be having jubilee parties, they will. or will they? Because it's pouring down with rain. <laughs> in in wider royal news, uh, it's quite a significant date in English history. Anyway, I found out today uh, that the third of June is seen as the official date of the first proper uh, English coronation. Yeah. yeah, 973 AD, Edgar is crowned king. A lot of people calling Egbert, 
the previous incumbent, the first proper king, because he repelled the Norsemen. So he sort of assembled England as a nation to take on an enemy. But basically he won, he won a battle using some people from outside his, his region. Whereas Edgar ruled from Wessex but consolidated his power and actually got people from other regions to accept him as the King of England. And at the coronation, uh, rulers from other regions came along to uh, support his uh, reign. So he's seen as officially the first King of England. He was crowned on the 3rd of June. I don't know if they, they took that into account when they were arranging the Jubilee celebrations. Yeah, cause it's quite arbitrary, isn't it, the date? Or maybe it is, just, that's the coronation day. No, it's February. Oh, was it? Yeah. But it's not. That no, wasn't February. Wait, Only we had some sort of pull yeah. out from the <laughs> press that we right. could, uh, Yeah, a lot of this is coming from the... Uh, I, I was just about to leave my parents' house um, to go to Steve's to record the show, and I didn't really have anything for the show yet. <laughs> and I saw this Diamond Jubilee pull-out, the Queen in South London, so I'm going to be drawing on that heavily later in the show. See, what I'll do is I'll spend a week uh, perusing the internet for relevant information for the show and combing through various obscure sources. And uh, Jack will go to Leeds to get on a bus and, Whatever uh, publication and, and pick up uh, a remarkably relevant publication. June the 2nd, 1953. Ah. That's when she was co- um, coronated. Crowned, <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, her dad died the year before in the February. But I guess it's insensitive to like dress her up and... Uh, yeah, give her a period to mourn first. Yeah, mourn. But they talk about... Um, we'll go into the history in a minute, yeah. First, we're going to talk about how we disagree with royalty, Steve. Really, you covered it with a Mark Twain quote. But let me just read this out before we... Because I don't want the history to be too dense. Um, when King George VI died, it was reported in the South London press that uh, South London has reacted to the King's death with a deep sense of loss. And this is the quote, right? Not only of a monarch, but of a friend. What a bunch of nonsense... That kind of stupidness that was the, the uh, sort of tainted Diana's death so much, didn't it? This is all the, you can think of is people's saccharine sentimentality that kind of you know people beside themselves with uh, hysteria. See, I'm a libertarian. People can do and think and believe whatever they want if it doesn't affect me uh, generally. So if people, you know, like the monarchy and want to wave flags and want to stand in the rain and look at boats, go for it. But don't, you know, they're not your friends, are they? But apparently the coronation was uh, the world's first major international television uh, broadcast. I can believe that. It's one of those things where uh, I, I think it's largely seen as the reason television became a sort of, you know, a mass media in this country. People bought or hired televisions just for the coronation, didn't they? Yeah, I'm sure it would have caught on, though, even if that hadn't happened. Yeah, I mean, no one was going to wait until Breaking Bad came along. Were there? there were other <laughs> things in between that would have uh, uh, snagged people's attention, I think. Coronation. Moon landing. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Game of Thrones. Trifecta, isn't it? Yeah, it's the uh, biggest anachronism going, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, we've talked about this briefly on the show before, and, you know, uh, you'd like to rid me of it, and rightly so. But I have an Irish passport, and my main reason is, in the British passport, uh, you know, you are a subject who uh, is offered protection on the basis of the fact that, you know, the Queen 
is asking whoever these foreign powers are to look at. And I just, you know, it's a very childish view, but I don't want, I don't need the Queen to intercede on my behalf. I don't want to be a subject, I want to be a citizen. Mm-hmm. I want to be someone who uh, has a, a role in the country independent of and not, not subject to uh, someone else's whims mm. on a fluke of birth. Yeah. I mean, this is, yeah. I mean, obviously, the counter argument to all these things is that her role is only ceremonial. Yeah, but, but I mean, but what even still, you know, I mean, she owns all the swans. <laughs> but this is the problem. The ceremony is here's someone who's better than you, and uh, let's make a fuss of them. Mm. And uh, I don't believe that, and I don't want to uh, sign off on a bit of paper. Yeah. Uh, on that basis, so if I, and I was quite fortunate being born in England to Irish parents. I, I had a way around that. As I say, I, I can. Uh, I'm happy to call myself Anglo-Irish. I don't want to be British at any point. I don't like the concept of Britain. I don't like any of the ceremony that goes with it. I don't like any of the symbols that go with it. We've talked about the Union flag before. I've made my feelings clear. I just uh, find it quite a, a distasteful show from top to bottom. Yeah, my um biggest issue with it is the financial part of it that these people were just born into a situation where you just throw money at them you put their face on the money you know they just live this life of I mean what we're cele- what we what people are celebrating is that um this woman who has had uh, a life of ridiculous opulence has had the best medical attention of anybody that anybody's ever had in history. Yeah. Right? Obviously on a par with other other people yeah, of the yeah. same you know, the American president, yeah. Kanye West, whatever. <laughs> um and she's managed to live for like to yeah. know, to her mid eighties. <laughs> exactly. And then people were like the Queen Mother, it's amazing how no, it's not amazing. These people do get the they're getting the real medicine. You know when you go mm. to the doctors and like they'll give you certain things they're getting the real stuff. They're getting the stuff that definitely works. Financially as well, people try and make the defence of the whole system that um, they're bringing so much though for tourism, don't they? Mm. And they do. They do, but it's not. It's not the point, is it? That doesn't mean that they, you know, that these unelected people should be just born into. We just give them this. They're born millionaires from our pockets. The tourism angle, though, you've got days like today where the Queen and Prince Philip are standing out there for six hours at a time, and everyone gets to see them. Yeah, and that's fine. But my argument is 99% of tourists who come to the UK never see a royal. They come <laughs> over and they I leave. You can probably bump that uh, percentage up a little. Let's, well, let's go uh, 99.3. But they're never going to see a royal. What they'll come over and see is Buckingham Palace. Here's my point. You get rid of them. Yeah, don't, you knock, put the pa- flag don't out. knock Buckingham Palace down. No, no, no. One's saying that, yeah, exactly, yeah. You put the flag out and say she's in there. She's not in there. She's not, you know, we're, we're not keeping people in there anymore. But, um, yeah, you know, the, the idea that, you know, countries without um, a royal family can't attract tourists seems uh, absurd in that there's yeah. a lot of Republican countries out there that still seem to attract uh, visitors. I was on the uh, Global Cities page of uh, Wikipedia. Did you see I shared the link on Facebook? Yeah, yeah. I didn't really know what it meant, right? But uh, London was in a, a bracket with only with New York in the Alpha Plus Plus category. Look it up on Wikipedia. I don't know what it means. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's pretty special without all this Right, well, and no, it's history... like, I mean, obviously today, right? You got a thousand boats going down the Thames, and then I don't know what the Queen's going to go down on a jet ski at some point, jump over, <laughs> jump over the Tower Bridge. That's my understanding. Something along those lines. They're they're preparing a flaming hoop right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Prince Philip's going to uh, he's going on the back of uh, he's water skiing it. Something like that. I don't Something know. like that. 
the way the BBC are, do, are doing this um, broadcast, like that line, I wrote it down. Where is it? The, the commentator goes, "That's what every." There's a, you know someone there in the crowd who goes, "That's what everyone needs." Patriotic umbrella. Like someone's holding a Union Jack umbrella. <laughs> right, they just keep. You know, they always going on and on about how dignified she is. What has she done today? She posed for Ooh. money twice, right? <laughs> for me, there was there was a golden age of the royal family in the nineties where you had this uh, sort of mix of the rampant uh, fervor of tabloid newspapers that were hungry for stories and a very naive, I can only assume a very naive press department in the royal family. So suddenly you're getting these leaks all over the place about, you know, toe-sucking Texans and a, a royal princess. Huh? Did you never heard of this? <laughs> With uh, Sarah Ferguson either having... Budgie the helicopter creator. Creator of Budgie the helicopter, among other things. Uh, but either having her toe sucked or sucking her toes of this uh, Texan playboy. And at that point I'm going... Yeah. Fair enough, I'll pay for this. If I'm getting a soap yeah. opera out of it, and you had obviously, they, you know, some great hacked uh, voicemails when they, uh, on Charles's phone, found the message from him to Camilla talking about uh, wanting to be her tampon so they could be inside her. No. Yes, yeah, a quote. Uh, and remarkable for two reasons. A, that someone found that as well. Also, this is, these are the court people you're talking about. These people are so oh. closeted from human society. He thinks that's an acceptable thing yeah. to say. Oh. That's an expression of intimacy. Tell my fingers, Steve. I don't ever remember a pre-menopause Camilla Parker Bowles. <laughs> <laughs> she was born 52 years old, wasn't she? Oh. But, and, but this is the thing. There was this whole raft of... And you had uh, Diana on Dodie Fayed's yacht. It was just this odd... It turned into, like, Dallas. Even, had, I mean, like, the man, even the manner of... Uh, her death was just like yeah. It just turned know, into this bizarre uh, yeah exactly yeah a speeding car chase through the Paris nights. They hounded you. You lost control. We prayed that you would be all right. The news came through. Your body cold. Get a guitar. <laughs> but yeah, um, if if you could guarantee that there was going to be ridiculous stories, but I, I say I think but now again, who's interested in it? Uh, but like, uh, at least if know, I'm getting something out of it, it sort of defrays the cost me a little bit right now. Because they seem to have hired decent press officers, there's nothing coming out. All I'm getting is yeah. uh, flotillas. The other, the other thing is as well, right? You know, people they always talk about how dignified the Queen is, but like most, of, you know, the ones that are knocking about now, right? The two boys, yeah. Yeah. Maybe not the younger one, right? We'll come back to Prince Harry, maybe, but particularly Prince William, Prince Charles, and the Queen, yeah. They're just so tedious, aren't they? Yeah. They're like. Like the England squad, they're like Michael Owen types, where they just put a microphone in front of them. Do you know what I mean? They've got nothing interesting to say. Obviously, you've got Prince Philip. Who, Philip, Philip. You've got Prince Philip, who uh, will say things. Yeah, he's an idiot. Um, he's a racist. Yeah. Yeah. Right. On the on Wikipedia, the Queen's Wikipedia page, there it says best known, not best known, right? <laughs> but like partly, you know, known for solid colour overcoats and matching hats. <laughs> <laughs> like if that's someone's major personality trait do you know what I mean you wouldn't have you used to compose your fantasy dinner party right yeah and you know it's got to be people who would you know your mate John Lockery yeah, oh yeah and probably a bit of the Queen um, <laughs> Prince Charles Diana you know God rest her soul my late wife you know or whatever but like imagine you get stuck with a Queen the thing is because there's six hours of footage you do get the feeling that you get some wonderful freeze frames out of the Queen just looking uh annoyed yeah yeah as anyone would yeah. look at that stupid wave she's got as well <laughs> I 
I imagine uh, it's a sort of low energy wave because if you're doing it for that amount of time, you would put oh, as little I into it as possible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rotating rather than flapping. Because isn't there the traditional roll wave, which is. Uh, we're, we're doing a lot of visual work right now, which is not <laughs> ideal for a podcast. Uh, but uh, basically, you know, I think it, her, her wave is a deliberate act. The to people uh, on screen that so. wave in Union Jack Steve, I'm sure you're not happy about that. I just. It, I can't remember. But if we're going to pull me up about calling that Union Jack there. You know. They're on boats, so they are Union Jacks, yeah, and you're off boats. <laughs> yeah, going through Brixton this morning, Morley's was just like made of Union Jacks. Yeah. And I was like, Did they have anything in the toy department? <laughs> they haven't got a toy department, have they? Well, in my opinion, they have. <laughs> in my opinion, and real life, <laughs> they have. That's a good disagree. <laughs> when I was a kid, we always had to stand up for the National Anthem before England Games and for the FA Cup at home yeah my dad would be like stand up yeah, yeah. and I don't think we wouldn't get like beaten if we didn't stand up <laughs> but uh, the, you know we just stood up my dad would be, if God saved the pink my dad would be like sit down no matter where we are sit down <laughs> but um, yeah but now I don't even really I don't sing it anymore well that's as a, you know as I'm not a royalist and I'm not religious so well this is it I'm not uh, a particularly patriotic person but I think if I was, I think it would bother me that what is the national anthem isn't a national anthem, isn't it? It's an anthem to one person in particular. Yeah. It's not about how great England or Britain is. It's about this one person who we need to save at all costs. And I think that's the problem with the system that you're talking about. If, you're, if, if, if you want to celebrate uh, a country's achievements all well and good I don't think you should I think you should celebrate people's individual achievements on, on that basis but uh, d- definitely don't go uh, to expect this country this one woman who waves she's still alive after all these years <laughs> God save the queen <laughs> so my dad always told this uh, story about when the queen waved it and yeah right so obviously the queen all she ever does is wave right <laughs> If you see her, it's still alive. To get a live wave, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, we always were like, well, you know, there was probably like a thousand people standing there. She didn't wave at you, did she? And he was like, no, no, she waved. She waved at me. It was only, locked eyes. It was only me standing there, and she waved. I was the only person on that side of the road, right? Which seems unlikely, yeah. So this morning, <coughs> excuse me. This morning, I thought I'd just you know clear up what the story was. Yeah. So I'm not. He didn't say the year, but I'm piecing it together that it must have been the 1977 Silver Jubilee yeah because he was at college and that would have made him 17 um, and the college was in Wandsworth I think and they had mock exams right and the Queen was going up I think it's Wandsworth Road or Wandsworth High Street wherever the road was the main road and they were on the other side of the building yeah they were all like yeah, they, they were all saying look, can't we do the mock exam later because the Queen's going to be walking past and we want to look out the window and see it <laughs> and like the teacher was like nah and they're like, oh, no, come on, you know, and they apparently they played it with the teacher and the teacher just wouldn't have it, so nobody went to the exam, yeah. And they waited, apparently they waited for like an hour and a half and the Queen didn't come, yeah. So uh, my dad got the bus home or whatever, got off at the Oval, and he was walking around the back of the Oval, like, I can't remember the name of the road, but he did say it. And um, he walks in and bumps into all these police, and the police are like, uh, what are you doing here, clear off, mate, or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then, like, is him and his mate. And uh, Queen comes around the corner on, like, a, the Queen mobile or whatever it is. Segway. 
On the second, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Comes around on a jet ski. Comes around on the, what's it called, man? Carriage. Oh. And uh, he waves. She waves at him and the other guy, apparently. Nice. Wow. My sister met the Queen once as well, and um, uh, my sister Anna, uh, uh, she went to Greycoats, um, the school in like, Pimlico, wherever it is. And I think it was the same day that they took an aerial photograph of all the girls in the school in the playgrounds forming uh, GCH, Greycoats Hospital, okay. in the school. Um, and the Queen came along and she, you know, she said hello, hello. It's still quite a big deal, isn't it, with the Queen? As much, even if you're not into it. I've never really been. I mean, the closest I've ever come to meeting a royal, uh, when we lived in Campbell, I was young. I must have been about, I suppose, about ten years old, and uh, I can't remember which royal it was. Now, I need to speak to my mum. It was either Prince Charles or uh, Sarah Ferguson, but they were like opening something up in the park in Brunswick Park. So it was literally across the road from my block mm. of flats. Um, and my mum, I think my mum took my sister over, and she was like, "You're gonna uh, come over or something." Uh, no interest or even any age. Come over, I went, no, no. Uh, and I was young, I don't know how it works. I went, get me an autograph. <laughs> and she was like, uh, they don't do autographs. I went, oh, don't bother them. <laughs> There's nothing else I want. If they're not going <laughs> to sign, then they. And even then, I didn't even want an autograph. I was sort of like, if if you want me to pretend to be excited by it, I can pretend, but that's as far as I go. I was like, oh, these people, look at this saluting. Oh, okay. gosh. Oh, it looks like a fascist rally. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Stop God it. save the Queen. <laughs> A fascist regime. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that it looks like a Mississippi uh, paddle boat doesn't help with the racist connotation. Yeah, one of those boats that has a casino on it. Yeah. We talked a bit before on the show about places in South London uh, that have connections to our family. Most famously, our Greenwich episode, where we talked uh, at length about uh, Greenwich Palace, birthplace of Henry VIII, uh, Elizabeth I and Queen Mary. Um, obviously if you want more details on that because it is a fascinating place uh, Biscuit Factory Prisoner War Camp later home to a nuclear reactor was it episode 6 Greenwich? I think so but have a look at our website we've got a handy uh, com. Yeah, another palace in South London uh, that we haven't covered the area yet but um, it's a, an interesting history of, of the palaces themselves because um, Kew Palace which is obviously where Kew Gardens is based now um there's been four separate palaces in Kew, all pretty much on the same spot or cl- or close by. Um, the first one was gifted to Robert Dudley, who was a, a sort of childhood friend and confidant of uh, Elizabeth I. Um, so he was given. I think it was quite a small palace, hmm. but you know, even the smallest palace still quite it's nice, isn't palace, it? Isn't it? Um, the second one uh, was gifted to one of George II's uh, secretaries, a guy called Samuel Molyneux. But then later on, uh, Frederick Prince of Wales, who was the father of George III, but predeceased George II, so never actually became king, uh, he was Prince of Wales. He uh, loved the place, so he uh, took it over after the Molyneux family. Um, so George III grew up in the area, but never actually liked the building. So he had the second palace demolished. So the first palace is demolished to make way for the second palace, which Frederick likes. Frederick dies. George becomes king. Designs his own palace. Um, not an architect, but mm. trade, a king. And without wanting to sound uh, distasteful, uh, a king with known mental issues. So he designs. Which king was it? It's George III. The madness of. The madness yeah, yeah, of yeah. George III. So he designs uh, a Gothic castle, essentially. Um, 
and building work begins on it. Everyone who sees it agrees it's a bit of a mess. It's got tiny windows that don't really do anything and the actual layout of it doesn't really work. It, there's like uh, corridors that lead to nowhere. It's basically a mess. But because he's the king, no one can really sort of go, well, we're not going to build that. No one can really overrule him. Until, of course, uh, he is committed and he's, he's not king anymore. Uh, his son becomes regent and later George IV. George IV, as soon as he becomes king, has the third palace demolished because uh, the windows are too small, it doesn't really work, and builds another palace. Um, which was uh, previously there was a mansion opposite the third palace which George III had leased to stay in while the, his uh, dream home was being built but instead uh, George IV just goes knock down the mess I'll stay here and we'll turn it into a proper palace when mm. the third palace uh, was demolished uh, it wasn't just knocked down uh, George gave the order for anything useful to be stripped out and sent to other royal palaces so there's a staircase uh, from the third Q Palace in Buckingham Palace now. Yeah. Elton Palace. Yeah. It's a palace I've never heard of. Yeah. Well, I've, I've been to Elton on the new Elton on the bus, so you go through Elton, and it's like Elton Palace. Mm. But I've never seen it. I, I saw a picture in a book yesterday, but quite pricey around there. Some of the houses around there. Real, like I went past on the bus on diversion maybe once, or maybe I just didn't fall asleep or whatever. But like, just extraordinary, like the thing extraordinary is, though, nice if, houses. If but they are in Eltham is the trouble. If it's an area that has a palace, mm. you'd have to go pricey neighbourhood, isn't it? It's where, <laughs> it's where the palace is. <laughs> um, yeah, Eltham Palace. Apparently, the birthplace of the Order of the Garter, which is uh, the highest order of chivalry in uh, the British Empire. Um, yeah, the Order of the, the Garter, uh, designed by. Uh, Henry the Fourth, who loved Elton Palace, stayed there as often as he could, loved it so much that when uh, the only Byzantine emperor to visit England arrived uh, for a visit in the 14th century, uh, he was hosted at Elton Palace. Wow! So South London uh, was home to uh, a Byzantine emperor for some time. Apparently, Elton Palace still has a jousting yard. Can you go there? We should go I, there. Yeah, we should go there. I'd, I'd, I'd literally never heard of Elton Palace until today. And I was like, what other royal palaces are there in South London? There's what? Because <laughs> I think a lot of things about Elton, but I never sort of think, you know, there's going to be a palace there with a functioning jousting yard. Maybe it's time you found out more about Elton, Steve. I think I know. <laughs> um, Richmond Palace, uh, which was... Uh, one of the residents that Henry VIII had, uh, it, he stayed there while uh, Greenwich Palace was being uh, renovated. And apparently, for a long time, that area, the, the palace uh, was, was came later on, but from 1299, uh, Edward I kept the royal court at Sheen. So for a while there, the uh, royal court was actually based in South London, which I never knew was an actual thing. So... As I said, I'm nicking this from uh, the stuff on the press pull out. Don't forget to mention that great value. Yeah, on the back, the back page, right? This isn't a sponsorship. <laughs> no, there's a McDonald's voucher, right? A big Mac and medium price, one ninety nine. Right, present your voucher. Only valid, right? At Eltham, fittingly, <laughs> Fulton Heath, Bromley, and North Cheam. This is the South London press. <laughs> right? I want to be coming to the one in Warfrow or Campbell Green. <laughs> 
or Peckham. Rubbish. Remember they, when they were first on the back of bus tickets, the McDonald's vouchers? Yeah, yeah. Just like, just uses picking them up off the floor, man. <laughs> so there's so many, so much McDonald's in those days. Um, yeah, so this is full of stuff. Some nice photos and that. Uh, the Queen used to go to Waterloo Station all the time to get a train to Southampton when they then get a boat to South Africa and places. Uh, visited Sunny Hill School in Streatham in 1945. Professional teeth whitening. <laughs> in Penge, 17 Green Lane, do you know? Don't, oh, I do actually, yeah. Don't suffer too faith in silence. I do actually know it's quite an impressive facade, actually. I think it's like um, a 30s, 40s building that it's has. Quite uh, Penge heavy, isn't it? Because we've got this. <laughs> what was the other Penge? Uh, Penge Catering. Yeah, Penge as well. Catering. I don't want to give all these uh, people free sponsorship, man. Penge Heavy is one of my uh, hip hop pseudonyms. That's you know <laughs> uh, guns. <laughs> but speaking of sponsorship, Steve. If there are local businesses listening, <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't, don't rely on us finding a part of the channel. I like that. Every few weeks I'm reading it, I'm saying this. I want, you know, really, we'll, you can sponsor the show for, the, for a free, you know, give us a free haircut, give us some free burgers, some free tickets to something. We'll, you know, we'll give you a big shout out. There was a royal visit quite recently where um, I was reading about where, uh, I think it was last month, um, Prince Charles and Kate Middleton. Not Kate Middleton, now is she, what is she? Princess Kate? I don't even know what you call these people. Whatever. Um, no, Middleton. Duchess or something, innit? No. I don't know. Anyway, her, from the wedding last year, they went to Dulwich Picture Gallery. Um, yeah, I sort of photos. There was yeah. a, I read about an interchange uh, where, I think in, there was a, a painting, there was a, an iron in the painting. Yeah. Did you hear about this? Yeah, and Charles said, uh, you know, what's that in case like, it's an iron? And he's like, oh right, my butler does all the ironing. I heard, right, that Prince Charles, um, there was an actual iron there. Yeah? Oh right! Okay. And he picked it up to pretend to do some ironing. Yeah, but like where you would normally like with an iron, like you know, push it along the garment. He was just like dabbing the garment <laughs> with his iron, just like as if he had no idea what to do with it. It's a good thing he didn't like put it on his face or something. <laughs> so obviously, uh, I say obviously, um, King Edward the Seventh laid the foundation stone of King's College Hospital, Steve. Oh, right, I didn't know that. So he came up there, you know. And there's, you know, Queen Victoria went down Borough High Street, Borough Road, to where she was coronated. <laughs> Are you trying to coin the new words? <laughs> this, is, this is your... Uh... But no, we're talking about Elizabeth, aren't we? So I should skip all that. Well, no, I think other royals visiting South London's valid as well. If we're going to... Because the thing is, the last thing we want to do is another episode ever about the royals in South London. Yeah, so let's just get it all... Get it that's, why I'm, that's why I'm talking about... Oh, the first king. They should do it all now, and it, it, it's almost like uh, an enema. Let's just get it all out in one go, and we're clear. Right, they devoted a whole page in this pullout, right, to um, Irene Byworth, who's won the um, the Heroes Award, our Heroes Award twice, yeah, uh, from the South London Press. Yeah, some uh, sort of a, she's a tenant, ran the Tenants and Residents Association for fourteen years in New Cross at some uh, the Winslade estate okay. I don't know where that is somewhere in New Cross I've, me I was in Telegraph Hill Steve so <laughs> very different world isn't it it's a different world um, without wanting to their achievements how heroic is running a tenant exactly right apparently she like oversaw a load of like new lights and stuff drastically improved the estate whatever but how interesting a story is it that she shook the Queen's hand when she wasn't meant to well, yeah, isn't you're not supposed to uh, touch the screen, no? No, right. 
Irene, who has framed her invitation, said, I wore a mauve outfit, pale mauve shoes and a mauve handbag to match. It cost a fortune, but it was worth it. Then we all walked through the gardens. We all stood in half a circle when the Queen walked around with a guard holding an umbrella because of the rain. Who cares? <laughs> That's not interesting, is it? This is taking up two-thirds of a page, Steve. Um, heavy traffic almost made retired straw embroidery teacher Barbara Fitch miss an award ceremony with the Queen. Barbara, 76, was due to receive a medal at Buckingham Palace in 2006 when she got stuck in a road jam. She said, I allowed myself plenty of time, but it was gridlocked. No one could move. I would have been better taking the 53 bus from Plumstead. Right, and it goes on, she almost <laughs> missed the ceremony and didn't. So the headline, I was late for Her Majesty, is dull and inaccurate. No, she was 20 minutes late. Oh, but right, like, she, oh, was, she was very embarrassed. Yeah. She got some medal for, like, what's that? She's holding up, like, some rubbish. Is that an example? Oh, it's embroidery. Oh, no offence. I mean, what if her family are listening and I've called it rubbish? But the thing is, as nice as that embroidery is, it's not a blueprint free, is it? This is this no. is the point we have to keep. Well, that is very similar to the cover of What's the Throne. There's a headline underneath: Royal Smiles, comma snipers, and I don't want to know. School dates remember? Well, snipers will be a day to remember. I imagine snipers are just there to uh, protect her, isn't it? Well, that sounds like a die-hard style action movie, doesn't it? Speaking of uh, action movies, Steve, we flip the page over. Gene Richardson, one of the, probably one of the most, arguably the most famous lookalike in the world. Possibly, yeah. Not that there's any famous lookalikes. No, yeah. But she was in Naked Gun, was it three and a third or two and a half? I thought it was two and a half, yeah. Um, She's from New Cross, or she lives in New Cross at least. And she got uh, pushed down stairs in the wheelchair by uh, O.J. Simpson. <laughs> yeah, that was a career highlight for me. <laughs> she doesn't think that Phil- uh, Prince Charles should succeed uh, Queen Elizabeth. Straight to... Uh, Straight to uh, whatever the other one's name is, the little bald boy. <laughs> but the thing is, yeah, the only reason... I mean, if you're supporting the role, like... You believe these people were born into the role? And should be magic, isn't it? It's magic. So then, how can you how can you go? No, I believe I believe <laughs> yeah. that, but I think we should skip this guy with the big ear holes who talks to flowers. Like that's just not legitimate at all, is it? I believe in royalty. I believe in succession, just not in this. Not instance. him. <laughs> she must never be queen. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jean plans to celebrate the jubilee with fellow residents at White House care home, where a party is planned. So if anyone's listening from the White House care home, hope you enjoyed your jubilee party. This is the thing, you know, I don't uh, like the monarchy or royals or any of these things, but if people want to get together and have some cake, any issues for that, isn't it? We had some cake today. Yeah, it's a lot. This is the thing, isn't it? We don't, you know, we're not trying to diss anyone, you know, because obviously, Steve, you've had your run-ins with the people on the uh, wharf now and then Facebook group. (laughs) Have I? (laughs) But like, um, you know, if people want to, it's like Christmas, isn't it? Like, most people, they're not interested in uh, the religious element of Christmas, no. and nor should they be. Like, they just want some presents, don't they? Yeah, I and love big, presents. Big I like load of food. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. like having time off work, yeah. watching telly. Obviously, not actual telly. You know, not the Queen's speech. <laughs> but like, you know, it's just it just happens to be that time of year. So when people bang on and on and on about the real meaning of Christmas, no, that's that's not. There's no that's um, that doesn't have any validity to it. You know, people want to get together and, uh, you know, and uh, if people want to have a street party and wave a flag about, 
you know what I mean? This, you know, it's fine, isn't it? Yeah. I might have said that we were doing Telegraph Hill next, Steve. I can't remember. But it's coming up. It'll be either next week or the week after, in case anyone thinks. Uh, oh, yeah, it's on this I'm, one. I'm not being. Uh, I'm not giving out accurate information. Go on southlandhardcore.com for more material, back back episodes, iTunes, etc. Tweet us at SLHC Podcast. Follow us on Facebook as well. Uh, see you next week. See you later.